0: Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K.
1: Good evening and welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It's Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully, uh, as we roll into the weekend here on this Friday Eve tonight, hopefully we're going to be rolling into some better uh, weather this weekend. I'm looking forward to spending a little time at the beach. But you know what? I'm glad, most importantly, that I get to spend a little time with you guys every night here on The Answer, San Diego. We're streaming live right now on Facebook. At the Answer San Diego, as well as at our special private little group called Kaniacs, K A Y E N I A C S. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm also on Instagram at Andrea K Show. Y'all getting a theme here? It's called Andrea K Show. Okay. You want to give us a call? 888 344 1170. We'll try to squeeze in a call or two maybe on tonight's show, but we'd just really have it jam-packed with three of our favorite, most favorite people in the world tonight. I'm surrounded It's Raining Men tonight on the show. Got three of my favorites. Dinesh D'Souza is going to be here talking about his new book that's coming out just at the right time. His timing is absolutely extraordinary for any of his projects. And this one is. United States of Socialism. And it's very specific how it ties in here. And he's a master at taking these big themes and making it relatable down to what's happening on the ground in our country today. After that, we've got the one and only Salem Media superstar, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. We love to try to imitate him here. And then rounding out the show is one of our favorite congressmen. He may be a zoni, but he's one of our favorite conservatives. It's Congressman Andy Biggs. But my number one man, who keeps the show rolling every night It ain't any of the aforementioned three. It's this one. It's DJ Potato Skins.
2: We need a leader that can bring back our potatoes. With your love
0: and your devotion and with your drive, we are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting Mm -hmm. and we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. DJ DJ. Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Glad you
3: said that. I was going to say four of your favorite men.
1: <laughs> of course. Well, all those guys, even the Salem Media superstar that is Dr. Gore could come after. They're in if the. If I big... could have any
4: voice, it would be his. To I be know, honest.
1: right? Absolutely. Uh, speaking of voices, um, I'm not sure which one I want to start with. I want. Let, let me start with supporting one of the most important conservative voices out there whose video today on Facebook was seen 24 million views on Facebook. And she is being dragged all over the place because she dared, unlike the other voice I'm going to mention in a moment, she dared to actually speak the truth. She is absolutely fearless and courageous. And basically what she said in a more expanded version was kind of what I tweeted out today. I was disheartened and disturbed by what I saw being broadcast on Fox News today. You can believe and understand that George Floyd's death was tragic and it was a crime for which there should be justice and also not believe that his life should have been memorialized in the way that it was today, akin to a state funeral being broadcast on mainstream media. And the reason why that was important and why it was disturbing to me is because, as we will talk about with Dinesh D'Souza, as well as our other guests tonight, it is just part of a well-crafted false narrative being perpetrated on the American people. And she dared to speak up about it, but she went a little bit further because she talked about how the pattern that exists only, in her words, only within the black community, no other community, lionizes the least among them. Who, who actually seeks to, when, when uh, a bad guy, when something bad happens to a bad guy, that she, and this is her words, only the black community seeks to rise them up and present them as the best of the best. Instead of holding out other people like Thomas Sowell or, uh, how about Ben Carson? Or how about Larry Elder? How about all the many, many, many successful success stories coming out of the black community? No, they're they're uh, they're. In fact, Larry Elder has a movie coming out called Uncle Time. No, the black community, according to Candace Olson, is the only community that does this and and seeks to lionize what she calls the least among them. Did you want to say something, uh, Skins? Before I move yeah, on, yeah, I the was next just going to
3: say uh, Larry Elder. I mean, he's one of our newest members of the Salem family. <laughs> And quickly became one of my favorites. He is such uh, just a great intellect. Calls it right down the Mm -hmm. middle like he sees it. Common sense. And we're trying to get him on next week. So people should stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, of course, she's being dragged all over the place. uh, She says, look, you know, if you want to make him a martyr, go ahead. But he can be your martyr. He doesn't have to be mine. And that is part of, as I I think about the other voice, who seemed to be a voice of courage, who seemed to be a voice of pro-America, of honesty and willing to stand up. For what's right in this country, and willing to, in, right or wrong, even just willing to 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 stand up for the right to speak, is Drew Brees, and he talked yesterday about how I'm never I'm never going to agree with anybody who wants to disrespect the flag. And I thought, thank you for that, because there was, as I talked about on last night's show, there was an there's a reason why the left chose that moment of what it was supposed to be unity in this country, of us unifying around love of country, all of us together in a stadium, 50, 60, uh, to a hundred thousand people can't get more. more More unified than that. Exactly. And that's why they chose to tear it apart. And now today, it's, well, how dare he say that? Um, uh, The military fought for the the rights of Kaepernick and other to kneel. Well, you know what? I guess apparently the military didn't fight and die for the right to Drew Brees to say, hey, I don't think that that's the right moment to do this. And I was incredibly disappointed that Drew Brees decided to apologize. And, And not just apologize, but the extent that he went to it. Because if you understand what is going on in this country today, what we needed was we need more people like Candace Owens out there who are willing to take whatever whatever slings and arrows, whatever personal uh, uh, attacks come her way for what's right in this country. And Drew Brees.
3: It was a letdown. I was really uh, it, upset that he kind of
1: scaled it back. Well, yeah, he didn't just scale it back, but he used words that were crafted by the terrorist in this country seeking our submission. It's it's like he was in it's like he was in a hostage video and ISIS wrote this for him and I'm not using that term lightly. Because everything, you know, the DOJ declared Antifa a terrorist organization, isn't the entire Democrat Party and everything going on right now terrorism? Because let's think about the definition of terrorism. It is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims. And that's exactly what's going on here. From there's mental and emotional terrorism, financial terrorism, of course, our physical security in which we're terrorized by being beaten at, by two by fours on on the streets with Antifa to property destruction. And so a- after he apologized today, I got to thinking that, you know, that it's just this is just another form of terrorism of, of what's being done to the American people, intimidating people. You're either going to submit to me. And submit to what we want, or we will destroy you. And what I wish that Drew Brees, and people were saying today, well, you know what? He had to do it to keep his job. I wish Drew Brees had had, the, had cared more about the bigger picture than his job. I wish that he had thought to himself, you know what? I have done more for the black community in NOLA and in the state of Louisiana than anybody, the entire Saints roster going back to its inception. And I am not going to apologize. I will walk away even if I never get another Super Bowl ring. Because the the future of this country is more important than another championship. Instead, he knelt. Just like they make you do in ISIS videos. And what happens right after ISIS makes you kneel? They cut your head off. Is there any terrorist who respects you after you submit to them? No, this is like a husband who beats his wife because she didn't cook the steak the right way. And as she's begging for forgiveness through, you know, a bloody mouth that her teeth had been knocked out. Does the husband respect her afterwards? No. We're being terrorized. We're being terrorized emotionally and mentally with the coronavirus exploitation. We're being, we're being terrorized by Antifa and the Democrats as they encourage terrorism against us on the streets. And we're being terrorized with this, this push to make every white American bow down our knees and apologize for being white American and, and accept guilt for sins that we didn't commit. And for what? It's all about power. Every bit of it is about power. And we need more people to have the courage to stand up against it. And just like like in domestic abuse, it escalates. The, the, The level of terrorism that we are seeing in this country on the part of the Democrats didn't just happen overnight. It started years ago with the Republican Party not pushing back every time they said that if we wanted to seal the border, we hate brown people. Or if we wanted entitlement reform, we hated poor people. Then it escalated from there. It escalated then to where bakeries and businesses were put out. Bakeries were put out of business if they didn't want to bake a wedding cake. And each way, they got a lot, they got away with it. And this is to where we are today because we have not had people standing up against this type of terrorism. And I'm disappointed that Drew Brees didn't see the bigger picture and stand up against it, even if it cost him his job. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about this domestic terrorism, what's happening, and why it's all a part of something that Dinesh D'Souza calls identity socialism. He'll be with us next. Don't go away.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E.
2: A-K, a K Dynamite and Address or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer
1: San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with us. 888-344-1170. I don't know if we're going to have any time. Maybe towards the end of the show we might have time for calls, but uh, we would definitely like to hear from you guys on all the topics of the day. I'm super excited to have this next guest with me. I was saying at the top of the show, his projects are always not only right on with their content, but the timing is so perfect. And he's just got the best a uh, uh, approach ever at taking these big theories, these big concepts and applying them to exactly what's happening on the ground. And so it's perfect timing to have him here and have his new book out, United States of Socialism. And it's Dinesh D'Souza. Welcome to the Andrea K show, Dinesh.
2: Uh hey, it's great to be on the show.
1: Okay, so uh so much ground to cover. Um United States of Socialism. I think many of us have known for a while, a long time, if we've been paying attention, that the ultimate end game for the Democrat Party is some version of socialism, right? They 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 have pretended that they weren't on board for socialism. Then when the cat came out of the bag, then they decided to tell us, well, it's not really socialism, Dinesh. It's, it's democrat socialism. It's that yummy, delicious kind, like over, like this, they got with the Swedish meatballs over in Scandinavia. Um, I think we're seeing now after the coronavirus and the shutdowns and the destruction in the streets that their brand of government control isn't quite as yummy as the Swedish meatballs. You refer to it as identity socialism. What is that exactly?
2: Well, um, identity socialism refers to the um, peculiar um, marriage between classic socialism and identity politics. So classic socialism is based on class. It's based upon a a division between the rich and the poor, or to put it differently, between the workers and the capitalists. Um, That's how Marx uh, saw it. Uh, But uh, recently, Uh, The left has taken that socialism, and they've added a number of other forms of social division, Um, and that is uh, black against white and uh, male against female and straight against gay and legal against illegal. So what's happening is that the, the left is dividing America many different ways, and their goal is to assemble a kind of majority coalition of oppressed groups or victimized groups. That's the game that they're playing right now with the George Floyd business. They've taken the original injustice and they are trying to magnify it into a whole agenda that has nothing to do with George Floyd. That involves overturning ultimately our economic system, changing the kind of uh, order and and, uh, stability that we've come to expect in ordinary American life, making store owners and entrepreneurs and even tourists feel threatened on the street. So this is a kind of gangster socialism that the left has now unleashed on us.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, you actually tweeted out, and everybody needs to follow Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza on Twitter. You tweeted out today that, that you didn't even like the fact that people are, are, are when it comes to this narrative and what's going on with the George Floyd death, and you didn't like the fact that people are trying to delineate peaceful protesters versus the rioters, and you're like, hold up a second, none, neither, neither group is actually doing the right thing here, because the narrative that they're pushing out is absolutely false, that we have systemic racism, that because of one bad cop and we can all agree on what we saw that george floyd's death was criminal uh these the the false narrative that's being pushed out based upon that that america is systemically racist and so every aspect of and so is all of america not just the systems within it like the police departments we need to upend the system and that's not true and nobody's really uh, besides you and heather mcdonald i don't think anybody's talking about the reality that the underlying narrative here is absolutely false
2: well, these, um, these lies have been minted and manufactured for a long time. When we look at these kind of marauding hordes in the street, they're the product of both the public education as well as a university system that has been indoctrinating young people into thinking that, look, this kind of episode with George Floyd is not anomalous. This is how the cops are always. This is how America is. It's this kind of a structural racism. We've been like this since 1619. So that's how this is the larger narrative. And basically the sneaky move is to accuse anybody who disagrees with the larger narrative, which is transparently false, by the way, Mm -hmm. of basically being against the injustice of George Floyd's killing.
1: Right. Like we saw what happened to Drew Brees. Now we're all basically told we got to kneel. Um, and beg forgiveness and be willing to listen. Uh President Trump, we've got Mattis. I'm going to be talking about General Mattis with uh, Dr. Gorka in a moment. But everybody's piling on that President Trump isn't joining in. and is isn't do- working to unify us when the left's definition of unity is we either submit to their ideology and the policies that they want as a result, or they're going to personally destroy us because then we're, we're racist. And we saw Drew Brees knuckle under that. At the top of the show, I, I, I talked about all the different ways that I think that not just in tifa but the democrat party is uh terrorizing us domestically and i said i use the analogy that it's like yeah everybody's kneeling. we even we even see the national guard kneeling to these savages in the street and who else do we do you have to kneel in front of isis and, and what do they do right after that they cut your head off so you know appeasing Uh, these, these um, tyrants and these bullies is not the answer. What is the answer? And I know that your book talks about what the solution is and how we fight it.
2: Well, the solution really, I think, in this case, uh, is ultimately to take the thugs off the street. I mean, that's the first, that's the starting point, because it's impossible really to have a debate about civility or a debate about racial justice in a kind of crowd stampede atmosphere. It's kind of a lynch mob atmosphere, Mm -hmm. and that's no place in which to have a judicial hearing. I'm even a little concerned about the way in which the authorities keep modifying the charges against these cops in Mm -hmm. obvious response to, you may say, the mobs baying outcry. I mean, that's everyone can agree that's not the way that justice should be done. Um, Now... There are larger problems in the society, but they're not the problems that these guys point to. The, The problem we have in our society is we've been in this ridiculous economic lockdown, a lockdown that was actually transparently bogus. The very fact that we've got swarms of people, tens of thousands of people at these funerals, when we've been asked to sort of cancel church services, cancel graduation, cancel weddings, all because of this so called deadly virus that is bringing about these sort of apocalypse of mankind and now we discover wait a minute suddenly the same people who told us that are now singing a completely different tune so right now these are they have the same level of credibility as the people who told us 20 years ago that the earth wouldn't be here right now
1: Right. It's funny. Uh, it's funny that coronavirus no longer um, was contagious when the, uh, the when these people decided to riot, although it will become contagious again quickly, right, when the Republicans decide to have their convention. But I think that we can see the end game, the economic results you can see from the healthcare standpoint of what they've done. Um, Congressman Andy Biggs is going to be on the show a little bit later because he's written an op-ed piece about. Oh, you wanted to know what it was like having federal government completely charge of a healthcare system and the fallout. This is what we're experiencing right now. The so the wh- whether whatever version of socialism uh, the Democrats have in mind, the end result is clear for everybody to see. We have forty million. While the left is celebrating these rioters and saying forget COVID because racism is more important, forty million Americans lost their jobs for no reason except then the Democrat Party. It's it's a form of domestic economic terrorism with the Democrat Party seizing upon a health issue for power. And that's all it is. So in your book, though, um, you do have some suggestions. Immediately, we need to get off the streets. We need to get these thugs off the streets. But how do we fight this narrative? Because we don't seem to have a Republican Party that really knows how or is prepared to really push back against these falsehoods, Dinesh.
2: No, the, the intellectual wing of the Republican Party is largely brain dead. I mean, they're doing no valuable work. Uh, you know, just think even, for example, you know, when I was uh, when I first came to America, the old National Review would discuss, you know, first principles of what we believe. And see, the left, to their credit, has a narrative. Yes. Anyone will tell you when they argue a legal case on either side, you need to have a theory of the case. Well, they have a theory of the case, and it's chronic racism. What is our counter theory? Similarly, on the issue of capitalism and markets, they have a theory. Their theory is markets may be efficient, but they are grossly unjust. What efforts have we made? When when do you ever hear a Republican congressman or senator make the argument that capitalism and free markets allocates to people their due rewards and is therefore proportionate to the effort that they've put in, and therefore markets are not only—they don't not only work, but they're also fair. We never hear this kind of a case. So so we are failing on our side in developing a narrative. And, of course, the second question is, once you have a narrative, we need large megaphones to get it out there. We have nothing compared to ABC and CBS News. We have nothing compared to the to, to Hollywood, for example. We have nothing compared to 700 elite universities that the left is able to use to broadcast mm-hmm. its message. So they own the large... Uh, organs of the culture and so this is this is really why when even when we are in control we never seem to be in charge
1: right um speaking of being in charge we've only got a minute left and asha there was breaking news before uh, the show started that uh, the minneapolis city council has said that their police department will be dismantled and replaced with a transformative new model of public safety. I don't know about you, Dinesh, but all this talk of defunding police departments and now Minneapolis coming up with a new model of public safety. um, I I don't know that I I would feel safe if I was a a citizen in Minneapolis. And I'm not sure that any, I think Americans need to wake up and realize that if if we don't vote Republican across the board, even as lousy as they are at making arguments, you think about what the left is trying to do to this country with dismantling police departments. That's really scary, isn't it, Dinesh? Wrap us up, please.
2: Well, well, I'll wrap it up by saying that these are the governments that the Democrats have voted for. And you've got all kinds of people in Minneapolis, just like in New York, who have been accustomed to a comfortable life in the belief that the social pathologies that we talk about are just in pockets of the city. But now they're on Fifth Avenue and 54th Street, and they're happening right in front of your eyes. And so uh, it's hard for me to believe that this is how Democrats actually want to be governed and want to live. We'll find out in November.
1: We will. And everybody needs to, uh, before they vote, needs to get your book, United States of Socialism. Get multiple copies. Share it with everybody you know, because I think you're right. There's many Democrats. We've got an opportunity to reach them now more than ever. And they need to get your book. And we conservatives need to get multiple copies and hand them out to friends. Thank you for being here, Dinesh D'Souza. My pleasure. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned, because we got the one and only Salem Media superstar, Dr. Sebastian Gork on his way. Stay tuned.
0: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K, Kay. spelled K A Y E. Andrea K bringing
2: the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. So glad to have you guys here with me. Super excited to have my next guest, former deputy assistant to President Trump, host of the wildly popular national show here on Salem Media called America First, author of War for America's Soul, and the most often imitated voice of radio because it's the most fabulous voice on radio. So of course, I'm talking about the one and only Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Follow him on Twitter at Seb Gorka. he joins me now. Hi Dr. Gorka. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show.
3: Wonderful to be back. Thanks for having me, Andrea.
1: <laughs> I hope you don't I hope you understand that and I'm sure you know imitation is the highest form of flattery. So I hope you know when you find out that we love to imitate you around the station here, it's because we just think you're fabulous and we and we love what you do for Salem Media.
3: I, I I will take that as a compliment.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I'm looking across the streets of this country that I love so much, and I'm seeing businesses burned. I'm seeing business owners beaten over the heads with two-by-fours. I'm seeing cops run over with cars. And I'm it, it, to me, it's looking like a war zone, Dr. Borka. So I, I think we have a war going on on the streets, and I'm hoping you, with your military background and understanding the military, that you can help me to understand why we would have a former general. Of the United States military, asking the commander in chief to surrender, and of course, I'm talking about General Mattis.
3: Yeah, this is um, this one is is personal for me. Um, I, I dedicated a large part of my show American First today to this issue because I'm incensed. Uh, I spent my gosh, how many years? More than a decade, twelve years teaching the US military, serving as a DOD, civilian as a professor at national. Nash-
1: oh shoot. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get Dr. Gorka back on. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely incensed as well. You know, we've got not just this General Mattis, we've got Admiral Mullins, we've got SecDef. Uh, Mark Esper actually going to have a press conference where he's basically um, subverting the commander-in-chief. All right, Dr. Gorka joins me again. So you were just saying that uh, you've spent 12 years. Yeah, so least. I've
3: spent, I spent more than a dozen years um, teaching the U.S. military. I was a DOD civilian. I taught at Fort McNair on the counterterrorism course here in D.C. And, and the most joyous, the most meaningful and fulfilling part of all those years was the two and a half that I spent at the what is called the crossroads of the Marine Corps, which is Marine Base Quantico, um, where I, I taught on the uh, the War College, the Command and Staff, and I just love my le- leathernecks. If you know, if I have any favoritism amongst the great men and women that serve this nation, my my heart is is really uh, warmest for for our leathernecks and for our devil dogs. And um, General Mattis betrayed them. He betrayed them with that. That holier-than-thou statement he gave to the uh, to the Never Trump magazine Atlantic, he betrayed his oath to the nation, to the Constitution, and he betrayed the values of the core. This is a man who talks about Nazi propaganda slogans as he's talking about our current commander-in-chief. This is a man who says that he has uh, used his executive power to undermine the Constitution and abused it. Um, the trouble is that Mad Dog Mattis is not a mad dog. He's a lab dog, and he's a yellow-bellied coward. This is a man who was fired from the White House for cause, with good reason. This is a man, and I told the story today um, from my time in the White House, when the president made the final decision to move our embassy to Jerusalem, to recognize that city as the capital of the eternal state of Israel, it was Mad Dog Mattis who said, no, Mr. President, don't do it. You will ignite World War III, and uh, I, as Secretary of Defense, don't have enough Marines to protect our embassies, wow. to, which, to which President Trump responded, I promised the American people, I promised our friends in Israel and General Mattis it is the right thing to do. That's leadership that's Bravery, Mad Dog Mattis is a yellow-bellied coward who has disgraced the Marine Corps. And he has not talk of abuse of power. This man didn't say one thing about the abuses of power under his previous boss, Obama, who he worked for. Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything about the IRS abuses, Fast and Furious, Benghazi. And Mattis hasn't said one bloody word about the targeting and framing of his fellow American Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Mattis, go to hell.
1: Oh, absolutely right on. I'm the daughter of two Marines, so I got a special place in my heart for the Marines. But I said on last night's show, if Patton were alive, he would slap the bags out from under that man's uh, man's eyes. (laughs) In a heartbeat, Patton Wood. And, and this yep. was also a man, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into it, but my understanding, Dr. Gorka, is that his rules of engagement over there in Afghanistan cost us far too many American lives because this is a far left, new world order, not understanding the enemy, um, yellow-bellied coward, just like you said. And he's out there trotting around talking about climate change. And I suggest, as I did on last night's show, my show last night, that there's another form of police brutality going on right now. And it involves the deep state FBI agents who were weaponized Against General Mike Flynn, as well as others in the Trump campaign, is that not a form of police brutality, Dr. Gorka?
3: I've never heard it put like that, but Andrea, I'm going to quote you. I, I love that. Absolutely, you're absolutely right, and and you're also right about Mattis. Mattis is not a mad dog. He's a coward, and Mattis is not a leader of men. This is an individual who is socialized under the Clintons, socialized under Obama. He's a Democrat. He's a never Trumper. And Andrea, the, the bottom line is this is a man who would have gladly served as a cabinet member in a Clinton White House as well. That's all you need to know about him. And it's it's just it's it's maddening. And it's, yes. it's sad that this is a man who was a Marine.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm glad that my daddy, the Marine, isn't alive to see this happen. He'd be losing himself. He also wouldn't have been too particularly pleased with the sec death yesterday, going to the microphones. Uh, A a, um, West Point grad, did they not teach chain of command that day that he was attending West Point? What's up with Mark Esper? Now, I get that he corrected the record about the tear gas stuff, but I don't appreciate a Secretary of Defense going to the microphones and saying I don't support the commander in chief with invoking the Insurrection Act.
3: Right. So it's so peculiar. So first things first, let's be clear that the media did their best to turn that into something bigger than it was. um, But it was bad enough to begin with. Uh, I, I don't understand how anybody who's not over the age of 15 doesn't understand what being a political appointee in an administration is i was a deputy assistant <laughs> to the president that's a political politically commissioned officer he's a member of the cabinet which is even higher and it's very simple it's it this is how it works mark esper if you have a policy decision with a man elected by 63 million americans you have that policy difference if you have that difference behind closed doors you sell say mm-hmm. the president i don't agree if Uh, It doesn't get resolved in your favor. You can tell him again. And if you still have a problem with it, Mark Esper, you don't hold a bloody press conference. You resign. You're not elected. You are not elected. You bear no political responsibility. One man does. My old boss, the 45th, commander-in-chief of the United States. Learn rule number 101 of being a political appointee. You work for the president, whose mandate is from the American people, and you're not there to hold showboating press conferences Mm -hmm. about your personal disagreements with the commander-in-chief.
1: We had a saying in corporate America, it was McDonald's is hiring. You don't like the situation going on in your your employment. (laughs) McDonald's is hiring. Go elsewhere. That that that's right. your option. Nobody nobody's holding a gun to your head here. I've got it. Well, in the time that yeah. I have left with you, Um uh, Rod Rosenstein admits yep. yesterday in front of the world. Supposedly, I don't even know how many were watching that as of August 2017, everybody knew that there was no there there with this Russian collusion nonsense. It should be on all of my monitors in the station, but it's not. Nobody's covering it. I know that there was supposed to be a vote today on uh, subpoenas coming out of the Senate. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or people are going to be drug in. But those of us who uh, who care about the rule of law, Democrats all day long yammering. We need equal justice. They don't want equal justice. So they would be equally upset about what's been going on with the FBI and the DOJ. Everybody now seems to be uh, our conservatives who are looking for accountability seem to be putting all of our hopes and dreams on uh, Bill Barr as well as Durham. In the two minutes that we have, your thoughts on the Rosenstein hearings yesterday and how how this plays out going forward.
3: You yeah, know, well, I had dealings with with Rosenstein when I was in in the White House. He is a a creep. He's a he's a reptilian, oligarchist, deep state, uh, bureaucratic survivor. Uh, this is the man who who tried to use the Twenty Fifth Amendment. He wanted to wear a wire. Uh, on president trump and, and invoke the 25th amendment to have him removed only light, later like a coward saying oh oh that was a joke because you know people you know andrea i, I often joke about using the 25th amendment don't you
1: oh yeah every time we have a we have yeah. a cocktail party we yuck it All up over time. it All oh yeah time. it's fabulous um
3: Uh, I was disappointed with yesterday, pathetic, no, no follow up questions when we found out that there was no Russian collusion and he knew about it. No follow up questions. to. um, He he said, I didn't read the full FISA warrant uh, that I signed. So just just absolute failure by the GOP in the Senate. Uh, the Homeland Security uh, Committee is allegedly subpoenaing Comey and and Brennan and everybody else. Uh, I don't know if it will lead to anything. Lindsey Graham has proven himself to be an absolute failure. Who's all talk and no trousers? He's worse than Gaddy. Uh, uh, yeah, Gaddy's bad enough. That yeah. guy is bad enough, uh, but, but Lindsey Graham has been telling us for three and a half years that he's going to subpoena everybody. And he's done nothing. Mm. Yeah, fuckers. So Bill Barr uh, is there for a reason. He's horrified by what Obama did to the DOJ. He is cleaning the stables. And I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Durham is not from the swamp. Barr brought him in from Connecticut for a reason, because that man has built his reputation at the FBI on one thing putting bent cops in prison, including FBI agents. So I know we're all impatient. I know we're frustrated. But have faith, Honey Badger Bar and John <laughs> are on the case.
1: Well, I love that term because I'm from LSU and we had the Honey Badger. At LSU back in the day, uh, y'all need to be, and I say it all the time on Facebook when it comes to be noon San Diego time, turn off that other national host if that's who you're listening to right now, and you turn it on over and you listen to the the real deal. You listen to Dr. Gorka every day here on The Answer at noon, and we appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here, Dr. Gorka.
3: God bless you and the listeners. Keep doing what you do, Andrew.
1: Thank you. All right, now y'all stay tuned because we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. Smaller than the bags under Mattis's eyes, and when we come back, we've got Congressman Andy Biggs.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show, and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, Kay. spelled K A Y E. News, politics, and current events.
2: It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show. We're rolling into our final segment on this Friday Eve. Be sure to tune in tomorrow night because we got the one and only, well, not the one and only, the two and only, Diamond and Silk, going to be with us tomorrow night. DNS will be back, babies, so you're not going to want to miss that show. Uh, joining us now is our favorite Zoney. It's Congressman Andy Biggs, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, and he's also in the House Judiciary Committee, and he joins me now. Hi, Congressman. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show.
4: Hi, Andrew, It's good to be with you.
1: All right. So, so much ground to cover. I don't even know where to begin. Um, We've already talked a good bit tonight about uh, the we've let's see, we've talked about uh, the riots in the street and the left's idea of unity being that we're uh, all of America is supposed to, you know, beg forgiveness for being systemically racist and agree to whatever the Democrats want to come up with. Maybe that's where we'll start. Because um, the left, the Democrats are clearly going to exploit this in any way that they can for every income redistribution, big government, big spending scheme that they can. And that's what I expect to happen in the House. How do you where where do you see the Democrats trying to take this from a policy standpoint in the House?
4: Well, I think they're going to use it for additional fuel to accomplish kind of a Marxian uh, point of view on on the world. That's that's what they have. So so the, Pelosi's already been doing that by changing the rules of the house. She's already been doing it with these with these massive uh, uh, trillions of dollars worth of uh, relief packages that she's put. But what this does, this gives her an additional uh, impetus to uh, basically say, we're going to take the anarchist movement that's going for. By the way, anarchy doesn't really solve anything because it creates a, a void in a vacuum of of authority and power and so what Pelosi's trying to do is in this this time with the apparent uh feeling of anarchy she's going to try to arrogate power to the to the leftists uh for a Marxist type of uh, worldview. world view that's what she wants a Marx, a Marxian government
1: absolutely um you know and and the when the reality is is I'm not aware of any law right now where it is um where it, well, for example, Rand, Rand Paul is trending today because he didn't support the anti lynching bill, and I thought to myself, isn't isn't lynching already a crime? Is there any law in the books right now that makes it okay to discriminate against a person of color, a minority?
4: No, no. But no. we have a plethora of laws going the other way, um, and uh, so so you can't kill anybody, and it's a hate crime uh, if it's done for racial purposes. So. So we've already codified much of what uh, people are, are ostensibly talking about. I, I just don't think, Andrew, we should conflate the, the protesters who have a grievance and they legitimately want to complain about that grievance. I think that's perfectly constitutional. It has just been hijacked, however, by these people who are trying to burn down the country and do as you said in your monologue just a, a second ago. They want They want to basically— uh, institutionalized an um, anti critical race theory uh, ideology which is basically Marxian-derived philosophy.
1: Right. I mean, you look at the latest push and the way they're trying to hijack it. And to use a crude analogy, to me, it's kind of like the peaceful protesters are kind of like the moderate Muslims. No, they're clearly not a part of the problem. You know, I've got got a lot of moderate Muslims in my neighborhood, one that made the best pineapple upside-down cake you've ever had in your life. They're not a part of the problem, but, you know, they're also not a part of the solution. And so we we do have to separate out the peaceful protesters. And it's it's the smaller group that's really got all the power. Right now, because they're the ones willing to terrorize you until they get what they want out of it. And that's that's what we need to be careful. That's what we that's what we're dealing with and what we need to be prepared to push back against. Because you look at the today, it's all about defunding police departments. And then tonight, the Minneapolis City Council says we're going to dismantle our current police department and we're going to train. We're going to replace it with something that's a new model. That's really scary when you think about they're wanting to completely dismantle our police departments across this country. Are are we then going to have have uh, just our entire lives look like they did right uh, in New York City and uh, Lafayette Park? Yeah,
4: I mean, Andrea, what's frightening about it to me is I, I, I agree with you. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, how can breathing anarchy do anything but allow a, a basically a fascist to rise to power? And that's I mean, they think Donald Trump's a fascist. Donald Trump is not a fascist. Donald Trump is he's trying to actually in, in, uh, impose federalism, which is the way we're supposed to be. But it is this type of rioting, this type of mentality that says, hey, we're going to dismantle the law and order, the mm-hmm. big blue line that's supposed to protect our rights. That's how that's how you see people like uh, Adolf Hitler rise to power. And so I'm really curious to see uh, what in the heck they think they're going to do. Uh, because, you know, there are di- in Arizona, we've tried to pass de-escalation training bills for years. And that's the Uh, You know who opposed it? The left always oppose <laughs> yes. our our de escalation training bills, and that's that's really what you see everywhere.
1: Well, right, 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 and if and, and to the protesters, to and George Floyd's brother who spoke so eloquently the other day, he said, "Be care, but, you know, pay attention to who you vote for." And they want us to burn our town down. I thought you're absolutely right, but I think you've got the they wrong because it's the Democrats that want this kind of destruction. They're the ones actually paying for it through Antifa and delivering bricks and uh, and providing the means of yeah. destruction and encouraging this and encouraging it in the very these very communities because they gain from this the democrats gain from it by blaming white supremacists blaming trump by expanding the dependency class and keeping the the economic conditions in the minority communities down because that gives them power and so people do need to be paying attention to who's if you don't like the conditions on the ground in towns like uh, minneapolis and chicago and others you really do need to be paying attention to who you're voting for you look at what's going on with these shutdowns 40 million people out of work uh, yeah. Congressman Biggs, uh, because uh, because coronavirus, those same people saying that are the same people behind the destruction of these communities with these with these riots, and are also um, the same people. You, we've only got a minute left. I want everybody to go to your article um, that um, about the lesson of government's ugly intrusion into America's health care system. This is at the Washington Times. We didn't have time to get into it, but you're right. Trump is about federalism, and everybody needs to read the reality of what they did to us. For from a healthcare perspective, by federalizing health care during coronavirus. 30 seconds, wrap us up.
4: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. So you saw an irrigation of power under, under the lockdowns, and it destroyed our economy and gave them power. The, the left thrives on uh, dissension and uh, when they breed disunity. And now that's what you're seeing here with this more active uh, physical violence role that we're seeing out there. We have got to stand up. It's we the people. We are the people that have to stand up and say, no more uh, elected officials. You're going to have to invoke the the, the charter, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence. That's, that's going to give us a peace and freedom back.
1: Absolutely. Well, God bless you, Congressman Biggs, for all you're doing for freedom, for your constituents there, and for all of the constituents in the country. Y'all, we'll be back tomorrow night with Diamond and Silk. Love you all. Peace out.